Welcome to Faithfully Living, the podcast, where we learn how to live for Christ in our daily lives. I am Dwan, your host, and I would like to invite you on a journey with me to explore and learn how to be a faithful follower of Christ. that all of these attributes help us to somewhat understand God better even though we will never fully understand and know him. So the wrath of God is not something that we as Christians would want to highlight about God. We always we already have enough trouble with the question of why God lets evil in the world. So you know, why would we want to point out this nature of God, his wrath? So as usual, let's define our terms. We're going to go to Wayne Gudum's systematic theology text to help us out. He says, God's wrath may be defined as follows. God's wrath means that he intensely hates all evil. So we have to remember that God is holy, he's good, he's just, he's morally perfect. So anything that is, you know, opposite of his perfection, he hates. So scripture mentions the wrath of God multiple times. And we can see that when Israel sinned against God. So, for example, if you remember when Israel built the golden calf at the bottom of Mount Mount Sinai in Exodus 32, 9 to 10. I'll just read it for you. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And then in John three thirty six, it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. We also have in Romans 1, 16 to 18, which says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So we have to remember that, remember and know that God hates sin and his wrath or his anger is against it because of his holiness and his goodness. So someday God is going to judge sin and evil and all the wickedness in the world and it will be God's wrath that will be displayed against that wickedness. So when we think about the wrath of God, again, we remember that, you know, God hates sin. And then as believers who are sinners, we owe a debt that Jesus Christ took on the wrath of God to pay the debt of sin for us. And then also for all those who believe in him. Romans 3 
22-24 says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, for everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shed his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and inclined them in that he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So if you go back to episode seven of Exploring the Attributes of God, we talked about the patience of God. So God is patient, and many times God withholds his wrath for a time when it comes to evil and it comes to sin. We can see this in Psalms 103.8, which tells us the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So we can see that in God's wrath, he's also patient, he's merciful and he's gracious. So this kind of leads us into the next attribute of God, which is his justice. with studying and understanding the Bible? Do you wish you can get some help? Well, go check out the Faithfully Living YouTube channel. There is a library of videos to help you learn how to study and understand the Bible better. There are videos on various topics such as Bible study tools and how to use them, understanding context, and more. You can find a link to the channel in the show notes. Happy studying! says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and right he is. But before we dive into looking into God's justice, we have to look a little bit more deeply and kind of lay a foundation. So we need to mention God's righteousness. So God's righteousness is defined by um, Wayne Grudem. He says God's righteousness means that God always acts in accordance with what is right and is himself the final standard of what is right. So we have to remember that God is the standard for all that is right and good. He's perfect. So he's in a position to judge those he has created because he's the creator of all things so he can 
judge people according to what they deserve. And God judges good. He, he judges evil. And then he also rewards good and then punishes evil. So if God allowed evil to go unchecked forever, then he would not be good. Because, as I said before, his moral standard is perfection. So only he is and he will always be good and perfect. So because God is righteous, his justice is right and good. So we have to frame his justice within the context that he's righteous, which is good and just, good and right. So Millard Erickson defines God's justice as that he administers his law fairly, not showing favoritism or partiality. Erickson goes on to say that God's justice is his official righteousness, his requirement that other moral agents adhere to the standards as well. God is, in other words, like a judge who is a private individual, adheres to the law of society and in his official capacity administers the same law, applying it to others. So sin has clear consequences. In Genesis 2.17, we read God's warning to Adam and Eve. He says, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And then let's take a look at the first part of Romans 6.23, which tells us the wages of sin is death. So because sin is a wrong against a holy and righteous God, it, it deserves punishment. Romans 12.19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So let's look at what A.W. Tozer says. He says, justice is not something that God has. Justice is something that God is. And God is always, will always act justly. Not by compulsion from the outside, but because that's the way he is. He is himself. Justice must always prevail because God is a sovereign God who will always prevail. So when God kind of looks like in parentheses looks at people we we're all in the same category and playing field as far as our moral state we're all sinners we're going to be judged according to our sins but those of us who have been atoned through the sacrifice of jesus christ on the cross we have been made right or righteous before a holy god and then those who have not repented and believed in Christ as our Savior are going to be judged according to our sin. So evil is going to be punished rightly by God. This is God's justice because God is just. So the promise in 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son 
into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And that's 1 John 4, 7-10. So when we look at the sum of all of God's attributes so far that we have explored, and you can look listen to previous episodes 1-8, through eight. I encourage you to go back and look at those when we looked at when we talked about other attributes of God. Love is probably the one that we most associate with God or people like to associate with God. However, we have to remember that we have to look at all of God's attributes, kind of like all on the plane, the same plane, that God is not more love than he's more just, just or he's, his wrath is not less than his love. So they're they're equally important. So just as God's justice is equally important, his love is equally important. Dr. Grudem tells us that God's love means that he eternally he eternally gives of himself to others. So this definition helps us to understand love as self-giving for the benefit of others. So this attribute of God shows that it is part of his nature to give of himself in order to bring about blessing or good for others. So when we when we love others, we want the best for that person. And because sin has separated us from God, God's love for us is what caused him to send Christ to pay the debt of sin that we owed. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So God's love is an example for us to follow or imitate. We, the first commandment tells us to love God and then love others. So this, the same love that God showed us is the same love that we are to demonstrate and show to others. It's, you know, it's difficult at times, but in Matthew, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. So it's easy to love, you know, people that are lovable, but God gave us an example by loving us when we were unlovable as sinners. So the unconditional and unselfish nature of God's love, it offers us for hope, forgiveness, and redemption to all of us and all those who seek seek him okay so let's let's recap this episode with some some key takeaways so god's wrath is not something that we should be afraid of as believers in christ god's wrath is not a vengeful anger but more of a righteous response to sin and injustice. So it emphasized the importance and recognized this aspect of God in order to appreciate his holiness and the need for reconciliation with God because of our sins. And then God's justice, it provides us with a moral foundation for the world. It ensures us that wrongs are going to be made right and we have to be accountable for our actions. So it, it invites us to reflect and have a balance between 
the mercy and justice of God. And then lastly, God's love. We see the unconditional and selfless nature of God's love, which provides and prevents us hope, forgiveness, and redemption. So I encourage you to keep learning about God's character and his attributes. You know, all of them provide us with a sense of security and hope. And we can be secure in the fact that God gives good things to those who obey and trust him. And security to know that one day evil will be punished and it's it will be no more. So, well, thank you for listening to this episode. And remember that God is always good and he's always faithful. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Do me a favor by following the podcast and leaving a review to help spread the word. I look forward to hearing from you.